0: morning. It's officially 9.30. We're going to go ahead and uh, get started this morning with uh, our live stream Sunday School. Uh, While we allow people to get on, I'm going to go ahead and play some music from uh, Donnie McClurkin. The title is called Stand. So thanks for being here this morning, and hopefully everybody will be getting on and seeing what we're doing right now. Thanks so much. Ronnie? Was, uh, Donnie McClurkin um, with the song titled Stand, that's the title of the song, and uh, full credit to uh, Arlen for presenting that, uh, the music for praise in, in the morning. Uh, I follow his suggestions very closely and make sure that uh, we, we put those on the air to, to give people time to get on and, and just get into a mo- the mode of uh, getting ready to praise and worship our Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to welcome you. Um, from rainy Rock Hill South Carolina and it is really raining today and and this is the remnants of the uh, that hurricane that was up in through the Gulf uh, uh, Louisiana and fortunately we got everything we needed to get done before it really started raining. Um, It started raining yesterday and today it's like it's going like gangbusters and there's not gonna be a whole lot of time to do much except do some quick sightseeing before we get out of here but uh, I want to thank everybody for their flexibility and being able to join with us this morning for Sunday school. kind of uh, moved me a little bit to try to get involved with uh, doing Sunday school um, even when we're traveling only because it gives us the mindset to be involved with church stuff as well which is very important um, and so we want to hold to that. We've got a very rich passage to look at today in Galatians and we're going to be in chapter 5. Um, before I go into that I'm going to do a little bit of housekeeping and I wanted to uh, make sure that uh, we take care of business. Uh, first of all We will have a full offering of uh, uh, live streaming next week. Um, As you know today, we only can live stream Sunday school. Um, If you're in Akron, you can go to church and be there at 11 o'clock and be there for the uh, uh, drive and worship service. The weather in Akron is actually better than it is here right now. It'll be overcast at least. Uh, Temperature about 60 degrees though. Um, That's so dress accordingly. Um, Pastor Gus will be preaching. And uh, we just hope that you're able to attend uh, for uh, church today in Akron. Please remember your tithes and offerings. Uh, We do recommend that you make sure that you get those ready uh, every week uh, just to keep things moving along. We have, uh, if you're going to be mailing your tithes or offerings, you can mail them to Akron Alliance Fellowship. The address is 688 Diagonal Road in Akron, Ohio, 44320. Um, So please make sure that you remember your tithes and offerings as well, too. And so with that in mind, we've covered the announcements. To my knowledge, we're good to go. Um, So let's go ahead and take a look at uh, the book of Galatians, chapter 5, verses 1 through 15. We're going to go ahead and open up with a word of prayer, and we'll get started. Father, we just thank you for this time that you've given us to set aside, to be able to sit quietly and hear you speak to us. Lord, we just want to quiet our spirits so we can hear you speak right now. We thank you for your very presence this morning. We thank you for how you look after us as a church family and how you look after us individually. Thank you, Lord, for your strength. Thank you, Lord, for your encouragement. Thank you, Lord, for your reminders of your word to help us to remain obedient to you. We thank you for this time that you've set aside for us. We don't take it for granted. We ask all these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Turn your Bibles and your electronic devices to Galatians chapter 5. We've got uh, passages to look at, verses 1 through 15. Um, You're going to, I I hope, really get a lot out of this one because it is just jam-packed with good stuff. And we're going to go through as as quickly as we can to get through a lot of the material uh, to make sure that we're not leaving anything on the table, so to speak. Galatians 5, verses 1 through 15. And it looks like, uh, just so you know, it, we've done everything we can here to make sure that the lighting here is as good as possible to make sure that you could actually see me. Uh, I'm good, okay. I'm, I just got a heads up from behind that I'm doing fine, so that's good. Um, that I look like I'm, I'm not uh, doing something on, on weird TV or something like that. So that in mind, let's go ahead and start with verses 1 through 15 in Galatians. Uh, I read from the New Living Translation because of the readability uh, of the passage. Please follow along in your... English Standard Version, NIV, or whatever you have, uh, starting with verse 1 in Galatians chapter 5. So Christ has truly set us free. Now Make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. Listen, I, Paul, tell you this. If you are counting on circumcision to make you right with God, then Christ will be of no benefit to you. I will say it again. If you are trying to find favor with God by being circumcised, You must obey every regulation in the whole law of Moses. For if you are trying to make yourselves right with God by keeping the law, you have been cut off from Christ. You have fallen away from God's grace. Verse 5. But we who live by the Spirit eagerly wait to receive by faith the righteousness God has promised to us. For when we place our faith in Christ Jesus, there is no benefit in being circumcised or being uncircumcised. What is important is faith expressing itself in love. Verse seven, you are running the race so well, who has held you back from following the truth? It certainly isn't God, for he is the one who called you to freedom. This false teaching is like a little yeast that spreads through the whole batch of dough. I am trusting the Lord to keep you from believing false teachings. God will judge that person, whoever he is, who has been confusing you. Dear brothers and sisters, if I were still preaching that you must be circumcised, as some say I do, why am I still being persecuted? If I were no longer preaching salvation through the cross of Christ, no one would be offended. I just wish that those troublemakers who would want to mutilate you by circumcision would mutilate themselves. Verse 13. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you're always biting and devouring each other, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. Okay. You probably would have noticed and this uh, this. Passages referring to in Galatians about the freedom of the gospel and freedom in Christ. And there is freedom in Christ. And the last few Sunday school lessons that we've had have put an emphasis on this thing about freedom. Freedom in Christ as opposed to being a slave to sin or a slave to ritual or a slave to the law. um, It's very important for us to see the freedom in Christ. And that's what this is all is talking about here. So notice the theme here. There is a very, very strong pull within the Galatian church of those Judaizers and people who are trying to get the Galatians off balance when it comes to their faith. They're focusing on everything but their faith, and that's what's important for us to see. Of course, the Judaizers were referring to all of the laws and regulations, and the fact that Christ died to set us us free from sin he says free also not only from sin but also from those laws and regulations that were being put upon the people. We're not free to do whatever we want. Uh, we're not free to be disobedient. We're free to live for Christ. So we need to always make sure that that is emphasized. Uh, it doesn't mean that we go back into our old habits. We focus on what is good, what is right, what is pure, what is genuine. All those things that we are reminded of in Scripture to focus on, and. Trust me, you have to focus on those very things because Satan wants you to be wallowing in sin or uh, uh, focusing on those things that have nothing to do with following Jesus Christ. If you're not following Christ, that means you're focusing on those things that are not good for you, frankly. That's what it comes down to. So we're free to be able to do what was impossible before, and that is to live unselfishly to live in such a way where we are not uh, carrying a burden. And it's wrong for people who are in the church, wrong for people who are following Christ, to put a burden of laws on other people. And that is exactly what Paul is stating here. We're going to have to stand against those individuals who want to enslave us, challenge people who are living under laws and saying, is this really necessary? Is this really something that we should be doing? Should we not be focusing on what is, imp- what is really important? The gospel of Jesus Christ, speaking the truth in Christ, knowing that Jesus Christ indeed is the law. Uh, he is the one who is the one who is, uh, that we are supposed to be looking to and focusing on. There's no special conditions or methods in following Christ and in growing in Christ. We have a constant focus to make sure that we are doing what? Being obedient to Christ, studying His Word focusing on his word, living for his word, allowing him to grow us through sanctification. And of course, as we deal with these issues that come up from time to time, we want to make sure that we're enduring and dealing with those things and going from one moment to the next. Not living a day day in the future more than we need to. We need to live in the present and stay focused on those things. So let's go back now to the passage in verse 2. Where it says, listen, I, Paul, tell you this. If you're counting on circumcision to make you right with God, then Christ will be of no benefit to you. I'll say it again. If you are trying to find favor with God by being circumcised, you must obey every regulation in the law of Moses. Now, he gives emphasis to this by making sure to mention it twice. If you're going to focus on the law, then live according to the law. But that has nothing to do with living for Christ. It has nothing to do with being right with God. Trying to be saved and keeping the law and being saved by grace are two totally different things, totally different approaches. He says Christ will be of no value to you at all. Value is probably a different translation. Here we said benefit. But he, Christ will be of no value to you at all. It means Christ's provision for salvation will not help us if we are trying to save ourselves. You can't save yourself. There's nothing that you can do as a person to save yourself, living the right way. Remember, if you, if you talk to different people about, do you know the Lord? Well, yeah, I know the Lord. Yeah, I know this person. No, I know who he is. I understand that. But then you start hearing some sort of a rhetoric or language about living the right way. and But you don't hear anything about Jesus Christ in that conversation. Honestly, Jesus Christ needs to come up in that conversation. Otherwise, you have to wonder exactly what is this person following or believing in. And so you, as a person who is uh, having a, who are having a conversation with someone about the Lord and you are discipling someone, you need to make sure that Jesus Christ is the primary focus of that conversation, not about things that have to do with just doing what's right. We understand that we need to do what's right. We got, we have that, but we know that's a natural thing when we're following Jesus Christ. When we're looking to him and according to his word, we're focusing on him. And then all those things that we should be doing will be a natural thing because we have the power of the Holy Spirit living within us to give us guidance and direction as to what is right. So we need to make sure that we are not trying to save ourselves and obeying the law doesn't make it any easier for God to save us. All we can do is accept his gracious gift through faith faith is it we can't do anything to earn christ's love we have to allow him to give it to us frankly as a gift if we recognize who he is it is a gift and it is through faith our deeds of service must never be used to try to earn god's love or favor so being a judaizer being a legalist is not going to get you any closer to god than just true faith and believing in him and that's so important today because we what happens when we start leaning more on legalism, focusing on the law, being a legalist, what happens is we lose our compassion for other people. We wind up criticizing people for not living the way that we think they should because we're looking at the law, the law, the law. And we know there are a lot of people that we come in contact with in society who are not living the way they should be. We got that. None of us really are. We, we have to focus on who Jesus Christ is. But we can get very judgmental very quickly if we are living according to legalism. And I'm just challenging you that if you want to get somebody to follow Jesus Christ, get off of that immediately. Just stop it. You need to love that other person for who they are and love them and understand that what we need to do is make sure that we understand that it's not about how righteous we believe we are, it's the righteousness we have in Christ because we are not righteous. And we need to make sure that we are focusing on those very things and focusing on loving someone else so that we do not become an impedance, a blockage for a person to recognize the the love of Jesus Christ. I'm going to trust that the Holy Spirit and the Lord knows what he's doing when it comes to reaching people for Christ because that's his job, that's his business that's what he does and he does it very well he does it very successfully and it's like get out of the way and let christ do what he needs to do when you start getting in the way you're not now you're not helping jesus christ you're hindering him you're hindering him and getting in the way of him reaching someone who needs to hear the truth sure you can share the truth but it is the spirit who gives the person wisdom and knowledge to make a choice to accept it it's always a choice So keep those things in mind as we do that. Now, it's important for us to see all those things. And I'll go back to verse 4 just to emphasize it. If you're you're trying to make yourselves right with God by keeping the law, you have been cut off from Christ. You have fallen away from God's grace. Now, I want to emphasize this part because it doesn't mean that you're losing your salvation. But it does mean that you are being cut off when it comes to your fellowship with him. If you are doing all those things that have nothing to do with following Christ, you're following uh, rules and regulations, then you're not really having a relationship with him. And I challenge you that that's a matter of prayer, that you need to take a balance with what you understand to be the truth, looking what Jesus Christ is teaching, and follow the Gospels. Look in the Gospels for guidance as to what is being told as far as what you should be doing. Remember, Jesus Christ is the one who comes out and says in the Gospels, I am the Sabbath, I am the law, I am the fulfillment of the law. All of those things go right back directly to him. So if you're going backwards and following the law, you're going away from what Christ is teaching. It's that simple. You don't want to do that, and you don't want to teach other people to do those same things either. And frankly, I'll just be very honest with you, legalism is teaching of those very laws that are not really focusing on Christ. I don't know if I'll get in trouble for that or not, but I think uh, ultimately what it comes down to is that someone would have to show me how uh, those laws and regulations that we were following in the Old Testament supersede what Jesus Christ is teaching us in the New Covenant in the New Testament. Um, That's gonna be the challenge for them, frankly. I'm not gonna worry about that challenge. Uh, It's very important for us to see that Christ is indeed the fulfillment of the law, If he's a fulfillment of the law, that's what we need to be looking at. Okay, let's go down to verse 5 in Galatians chapter 5. But we who live by the Spirit eagerly wait to receive by faith the righteousness God has promised to us. For when we place our faith in Christ Jesus, there is no benefit in being circumcised or being uncircumcised. What is important is faith expressing itself in love. So he's basically making a statement here. Paul is to the church that circumcision is not the determining factor in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, of course, naturally, we, um, when we were born, um, we were circumcised at, on the on the eighth day um, or before that to, to make sure that we, you know, we're all taken care of there, uh, to make sure that we were living according and, and not having a, a chance to get any additional diseases or anything like that because we had an extra foreskin. Now, frankly, we have to make sure that those things are done, but we're saying here very specifically, based upon the times that they're living in back then, circumcision was not the determining factor in having faith in Jesus Christ. You are saved by faith, and let's be more uh, general here. Circumcision is a deed, something that was being done according to the law. We live, we're saved by faith and not by deeds. Love for others and for God is the response of whom those God has forgiven. We need to make sure that we are loving other people. The most important thing we do is recognize Christ died for us and loved us before we even knew what love was. And so he's teaching us now we need to love others when we look at his word and study his word. Very important passage to look at here. Turn to Luke seven forty-seven. Luke seven forty-seven. Here's a passage that was very striking because of what uh, a teachable moment here. Now, I'm going to read verse 47, but I'm going to reserve the right to go back and look um, at the beginning of the section where this begins here, uh, starting in verse 36. But Luke 7:47 is very important for us to see. Wherefore, I say unto thee, her sins, and this is a woman who was at Jesus' feet, which are many are forgiven, for she loved much, note the words loved much but to whom little is forgiven the same loveth little now I read that from the King James Version but I am going to go back to the top of the passage here and let's I'm going to switch this to well it's King James that's okay Uh, but I'm going to look at verse 36 and this has to do with a woman who was went to see Jesus and was at his feet and we want to look at the comment of one of the Pharisees who was observing what's going on there was a Pharisee present And so there's going to be a comment that's being made, and it's actually a thought. So let's go back to Luke 7, 36, just to look at this real quick and just kind of dive off and see this passage. Very rich passage here. It says, And one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him, uh, speaking about Jesus. And he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. And then verse 37, And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat, in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment and stood at his feet behind him weeping and began to wash his feet with tears and did wipe them with the hairs of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. This woman just came up, woman in the city, knew who Jesus was, came in and just started doing those very things in front of everyone. Verse 39, now when the Pharisee had, which had bidden him saw it, he spake within himself, in other words, he thought to himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that touches him, for she is a sinner. Now, he thought this. Didn't say it out loud. Now, check this out. Verse 40. And Jesus, answering, said unto him. Now, he didn't say it directly to the Pharisee, but he knew the Pharisee is watching. So he was directing to Simon. Simon, I have somewhat, some, uh, some, somewhat to say unto thee. And he saith, Master, say on. There was a certain creditor who had two debtors. The one owed 500 pence and the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him most? Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. And he said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much; but to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. A lack of love sometimes is a determining factor. And then look at the verse forty-eight. And he said unto her, Thy sins are forgiven. And they say, and they, and that they sat at meat with him, began to say within themselves, Who is this that forgiveth sins also? And he said to the woman. Thy faith hath saved thee. Go in peace. It was her faith in believing in the Lord Jesus Christ that dealt with the sins of this sinful woman. Her, Her believing in Jesus Christ immediately allowed for Christ to forgive her sins because she showed love for Christ. And those who don't show love for Christ and those who are hung up in the law are going to get stuck in the law. And they're going to lack. You might see that where I'm getting with this here is that there's going to be a lack of love that is going to be expressed when we have people who are caught up in the law, caught up in legalism. Faith expresses itself through love. Check your love for others as a way to monitor your faith. Very important for us to see that. It's our faith is what is really important in this situation. And we recognize that Uh, The Pharisee, who had all these comments about this woman, well, that woman, he shouldn't even allow himself to be touched by that woman because, frankly, that woman is going to be the one who, uh, who, who has sinned the greatest, one of the great sinners in the town. He knows all about her behavior. He knows all about this and that, but he has no compassion for this woman. Understand that that's what this is all about, having compassion for those who have messed up, having compassion for those people who really are struggling in their faith having compassion, loving that person first and last. Always loving that person. So love those who you know are not living the right way, but you don't tell them, hey, you're not living the right way until the time comes when the Spirit moves you to say those things, if you need to say that. Always live according to the Spirit, and the Spirit loves us, and we need to love other people. So that's really what it comes down to. Now, there's additional admonishment taking place as you read further in Galatians going back to uh, chapter 5, verse 7. You are running the race so well. Who has held you back from following the truth? It certainly isn't God, for He is the one who called you to freedom. This false teaching is like a little yeast that spreads through the whole batch of dough. I am trusting the Lord to keep you from believing false teachings. Now, that's a prayer. That's a prayer that you're going to pray for the people in your church or in the people that you're around that you are going to Keep them from believing false teachings. i got to tell you if, you, if you hang around long enough, you're going to see people that believe all kinds of stuff that have nothing to do with following Jesus Christ. They believe a lot of stuff that is not taking them anywhere near Jesus Christ. And look what it says here in at the second part of verse 10. God's going to judge that person, whoever he is, who has been confusing you. Because there are people that know the truth, but they will confuse you because they are not operating for the truth of Christ, but they are operating under the truth of Satan. Satan wants believers thoroughly confused about following Jesus Christ and following the truth. Thoroughly wants people confused. Never forget that. Always remember that. There's going to be a struggle from here on um, as long as I can, as long as we're going to be alive where people are going to be struggling with this whole thing about faith and truth and looking to Christ. Satan wants us derailed completely. Now, let's go down to verse 11. Dear brothers and sisters, if I were still preaching that you must be circumcised, as some say I do, why am I still being persecuted? If I were no longer preaching salvation through the cross of Christ, no one would be offended. So we need to understand that persecution that's taking place here uh, was proving that Paul was preaching the true gospel. Because if he wasn't uh, preaching the true gospel, he wouldn't be persecuted. Let's put it this way. If you are not feeling in any way persecuted at any time time or stretch during the time when you're looking at the gospel or you're speaking about the truth of Christ, then maybe you need to question what's going on because we should be enduring some sort of suffering or persecution because Satan wants us to be off track. Satan wants us to not follow Christ. So we need to understand if you're not being, if you're not offending someone, if you're not Putting someone to say, oh, they follow Christ. Well, yeah, that's an offense to that individual, then good. And then you're doing exactly what you need to do. Those individuals need to be offended in in a way uh, for Christ. We need to make sure that we need to understand that um, he was being persecuted by both, uh, Paul was being persecuted by both the Jews and Judaizers, everybody. So have friends or loved ones rejected you because you've taken a stand for Christ? Perhaps they, they have. Um, I know that in my own family there are people who don't follow Christ, and so we need to keep praying for those individuals and, and make a note of that. But those people who are following, if you're following Christ and there are people who dislike what you're doing or dislike your position, um, that's just the reality of it. That's going to happen. Let's take a quick look at John chapter 15. John chapter 15, and look at verses 18 through 19. Uh, The reality is is that we're not going to be well-loved by the world because we're talking about something that is different from the world. If the world is Satan's domain, then understand that we're speaking about Christ. We are definitely not of the world. We come out of the world and speak the truth about Christ. Look what it says in John 15, verses 18 and 19. If the world hate you, ye know that it hated me before it hated you. And then verse 19, If ye were of the world, the world would love his own. But because ye are not of the world, I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Now those are both, that's from the King James Version. But we've heard this before. We understand and understand exactly what this is going on here. What is going on is that because you are following Christ, you are not of the world. Christ has literally drawn you up out of the world and is giving you now a message that the world doesn't like and doesn't care for and we have to trust that this is why I said what I said earlier the Holy Spirit has to be the one to speak to individuals about the goodness of God, the goodness of following Jesus Christ and making a decision for Christ and I'm going to trust the Spirit to do that that's his job, that's what he does best he wants people to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ So don't be surprised if the world hates you because it hates Christ. It doesn't want to follow Christ. Why is there ongoing persecution of Christians today? And if you look very closely in the world and and in the news, it's it's talked about on occasion, it's not very often, but you'll see it, where there are Christians being persecuted for what they believe. And because they believe what they want, uh, they believe in Christ, but these other people believe in what they want to believe in, anything but Christ they will persecute you for what you believe it's like i'm just standing here telling the truth about what i believe i believe in jesus christ well you know there are a lot of people who don't want you to express that belief uh, that's a first amendment right for you to exp- express your belief and who you believe in and everybody has that right but those who hate christ don't believe in you having that be- uh, that right to say that so you need to understand those very things as paul continually continue to faithfully proclaim the message about Christ, you should continue doing the ministry God has given you in spite of the obstacles that others may put in your way. And there are going to be obstacles. There are going to be things we have to reckon with. Um, There are going to be days where you're just not going to be up to it. But then you just don't know how Christ is using you because you are faithful enough to trust in Him. He can take the worst of you and use you To proclaim the message of the gospel to someone who really needs to hear it at that very moment. You ever notice that? Even when you're not at your best, sometimes Christ, because he knows you've been faithful and you've been trying, he will use you. All you need to be doing is willing to be used. That's all you have to do, whether you're at your best or not at your best. Just be willing to be used by him. Now, he wants you, of course, to be your best and always go for the best. But ultimately, the reality is is that when someone comes in your life and Christ wants to speak to that person through you, he's going to do it, whether you're ready for it or not. Just be ready. Uh, just try to be ready and be ready for that opportunity. Um, and then you know that's just a reason to give praise to the Lord Jesus Christ. Give praise to God for his goodness and for what he is doing in your life, even when you're not at your best. And for those of you who understand where I'm coming from with that, you know exactly what I mean. You see the goodness of your love for others coming through when you're recognizing how God is using you even when you're not at your best. And you may be having a lousy day. Uh, That's the thing. And sometimes it's that moment when Christ is using you that turns around your whole day. Even when you're ministering and speaking to other people. So, Uh, I don't ever uh, want to shut out God trying to use me even when I'm not at my best. I want to always be prepared and ready to go. So there are some things you have to do to make sure that you're at your best too. Uh, Make sure you're taking care of yourself. Make sure you're doing all the things necessary, eating right, um, trying to move about, do whatever you can just to focus on the Lord. And read and study his word. Amen and amen. Stay in the word. Stay focused on what he's saying to you and speaking to you about uh, and, and understand that you know sometimes it's even good to go back to the basics and get back to the King James Version and look at what it says uh, about his word and, and it may speak to you in a different way than some of the, even the modern translations nothing wrong with that so let's move further down um, let's go down to verse 13 for you have been called to live in freedom my brothers and sisters but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature instead use your freedom to to serve one another in love for the whole law can be summed up in this one command love your neighbor as yourself you know where you've heard that before Uh, that's something uh, that Jesus remember I said go back to the gospels and look at how Christ lived and you'll see examples of how you're supposed to live as he interacts with other people and he's saying when he was asked that question about what are the greatest commandments love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and soul And mind, All heart, soul, and strength. And the second commandment is like this one. Love your neighbor as yourself. Those are the two things that basically focus on how we are to live for Jesus Christ. And if you're loving your neighbor as yourself, you become less critical of other people. Have you noticed that? That love helps you to not be so critical of others. We stop looking for what's good in them. We start looking at only their faults. What have they done wrong now? What are they doing today? Well, now that's bordering on being gossipy. Who cares? We know that they're maybe not living right, but we don't make it. We don't dwell on that. We dwell on doing what? Praying for those people. Are you praying for your brothers and sisters who are not living right? That's how you unify in the body of Christ. Pray for your brothers and sisters who are not living right. Focus on their strengths rather than their shortcomings. Goodness knows we have our own shortcomings that we need to focus on before we start looking at other people's shortcomings. Um, that's the old thing about taking the speck out of your own eye or take the plank out of your own eye and while well, you're trying to remove the speck from your brother's eye because we have our own issues and we are, we are very, very short sometimes when it comes to love. Love others as you love yourself. One of the great commandments... All the commandments are wrapped up in that if you remember correctly. If you look at Matthew 22 verses 37 through 40. That's the focus that we need to have. When you feel you're going to be critical of somebody make a list of that person's positive qualities. Now I don't know how much time you you do to do that. But there are good things in some people. We need to focus on those good things. The good things. When problems need to be addressed, confront in love rather than practice gossip. Don't be like the world who will run their mouths about folks and talk about them and talk down about them. You know, some of the worst things that believers even can do is talk about somebody behind their back. And that may be one of those things where you have to look at yourself and say, wow, you know, maybe that's me. I need to stop doing those very things and just start praying about those very issues, making sure that we are not talking about people behind their back, not smiling in their face in one hand and then stabbing them in the back by having a negative thought about those individuals. So that's something we all need to be conscious of and all be aware of. Um, it should make you take a pause. When, I, when we pray at the end of this, I want you to pray about looking at your own life and making sure that you are not being critical of others, um, only being uh, comforting in love and trying to address those issues when that comes up. And you have to yield to the Spirit to make sure that those, things are very, those very things are happening. Uh, and that's my challenge for you today, to make sure that you're doing those very things and focusing on what is good, what is right, what is pure, what you should be doing to stay away from sin and focus on loving the Lord Jesus Christ for all it's worth. And that's what's really important for us. If we're living in freedom, then we need to live free from the law, Free from those regulations, free from those who taught us uh, these regulations and laws being more important than following Jesus Christ. That is our challenge. That is what we need to really make sure we're doing each and every day. And I'm going to challenge you after we go off the air, make sure you don't revert back to some sort of a situation where it's like, oh, you know, but that's so and so. That's so and so. That's not positive. That's a very negative thing to do. It's understandable to call attention when someone's not doing right but we're not dwelling on it. But we need to be praying for these people. Praying for them. Showing the love of Christ by praying for them. That's how you love someone. Pray for them and if you see them, you can even pull them aside and say, hey, I've been praying for you. I've been praying for you to help you to make sure that you're focusing on the Lord Jesus Christ because that's the most important thing you can do. Being prayerful for other people. Well, you know, we're messing up. And that's fine. So, you understand those very things. And we all sin and all fall short of God's glory. So, as we pray for ourselves and make sure we're doing what's right, we sincerely need to be focusing on praying for others who are having a hard time or having a difficulty. So, that is really what I want the takeaway to be today. There is freedom in Christ, there is freedom in looking to him because of the faith we have in him. And he is our all in all. He is everything and everything more uh, that we need to be focusing on when it comes to living for Christ, focusing on loving much. We have been forgiven of our sins. Go back to that chat passage in Luke chapter 7, verse 47. We can love others more because he loved us. And those who don't recognize the love of Christ They struggle with love, and that's something we need to make sure that we are not doing. We need to not be struggling with love or loving anyone. Okay, let's go ahead and look to the Lord with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your promises, how you love us, how you've loved us before we've even loved you, how you love us as we learn about loving you, how you love us as we grow in love for you. And Lord, as we continue to recognize how you love us, help us to now transfer that love to others and how we treat them, how we look to them, how we focus on their lives. Lord, we need to be saints who are praying for our people, praying for our church, praying for our pastor and his family, for they certainly face a great deal of attacks and lord we need to keep them in prayer at all times even as we think about it during the day just remember to pray for them thank you lord for that and thank you lord for uh, praying for remembering to pray for our spouses praying for our parents praying for our family members praying for those individuals who just don't have a saving knowledge of you our co-workers our friends outside the family we lift them up to you in prayer Lord, we want them to recognize and see your goodness. We want to see—we want them to see the love that they have, uh, the love of uh, for that Christ has for them, and we want them to experience His love. And Lord, we know that there will come a time where there will be an end to all of this, as it says in Matthew chapter twenty-four. The end will come one day, and Lord, we want to make sure that those individuals have a saving knowledge of you before that end comes. We don't want to be see anyone left out. We don't want to see anyone left behind. We thank you for your teachings. We thank you for your truth. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for recognizing that faith is truly what we need to be doing because we recognize without faith you cannot be pleased. It's impossible to please you without faith. That's why the importance of faith is so much more important than anything the law could ever do. Jesus, you are our fulfillment of the law. You are the one who loves us. You are the one who fulfills all of those things that we used to ritualize about, the Sabbath. You are indeed the Sabbath. We thank you for that truth. Thank you for the reminders of your gospel teachings. Thank you for the reminders of how you interacted with other people. Thank you for the lessons you taught to others who needed to hear them. And we thank you, Lord, that we can help also portray that message to others as well by making sure we're showing love first and no hate whatsoever. We do hate the sin, but we love the sinner. Thank you, Lord, for those teachings. Thank you for those truths. We ask them all in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Well, thanks for praying with me. And I trust that uh, you are going to have a great day. And I trust that you're going to have, uh, for those of you in Akron who are able to go to church, I pray that it's a great service. Enjoy the weather. Uh, Enjoy the time down there. Make sure that you remember your tithes and offerings. And uh, we will be back next week with more Sunday School. We're going to keep doing this every single week. And I hope you can join us and just spread the word for others who also want to spend some time in the word as well too because that's what this is all about. We've got to be in the word. We have to focus on what the word is saying. And the teachings in Galatians chapter 5, verses 1 through 15 are great teachings indeed. Thanks for being with us this morning. And uh, we'll uh, be back. Back home tonight, and uh, we'll be back next week for more Sunday school, and and will uh, be, be back before you. We're at church as well, too. We'll get to see you then soon. So thanks again for joining us. Uh, thanks again, Kimberly, and all those that just joined us while we were. Anna, I saw that you d- dived in as well, too. Uh, thanks for being with us, and we will uh, sign off from here. Uh, see you again next time. God bless you all. Well, here's <laughs> there's my bride. And uh, thanks for being here again. You guys take care of yourselves. We'll see you. Bye-bye.